Car Games TV One podcast. My my standard of gameplay. You know, everybody has their their standards. You know, everybody has their you know meta format, whatever. You know, whatever they want to look at it. I always have my own way of doing things. Ironically, it's not the wrong way. Right? A lot of people like to, to act like my way is the wrong way. Or just because it's different, they like to think that one way, you know, is the way, right? Well, everybody else is, you know, playing meta. So you got to play meta too. It's like, no, you can play anti-meta. You can go against it. You don't have to do what everybody else does. You could, you could do something different. But at the same time, just because everybody's doing the same thing doesn't mean you have to. doesn't mean that it's the right thing, right? Everybody could be wrong, right? Everybody could be playing the game wrong. So, you know, if you, real, if you, you know, realize that and you see that oh, there is another way of playing the game, and it's a much better way, it's a much more logical way, then go that route, right? Don't, you know, limit yourself to the idea that it's like, you gotta do what everybody else is doing. It's not. It's not. It's not a bad start, right? It's the same thing with net decking. You know, what I mean, I don't support the idea of trying to promote the idea that everybody has a net deck and net decking is okay. Net decking is something you can do, but not something that everyone should be doing, right? Everybody shouldn't be net decking, right? Just for the sake of net decking, there should be a purpose for it, and the purpose should be. To give you a starting point, to give you, to give you an idea of what you could do, what's possible, not anything like that's the end all, be all, and that's the only way to play. You know, because there's there's some people who play decks in a specific build, and everybody's build is the same, and this is how you end up with mirror matches. You, you end up, you end up, you know, situation where people are playing the exact same deck. Which is why when a when a deck tops, it's not because it was just one person with who was playing that specific deck in a specific build topped. There was a lot of people who were playing the same build and topped. Right? Now of course, it's great when people are topping with decks that no one else is playing. Right? That's a true testament to you know the, the player's skill level as well as, you know, just the, the deck in general because if a deck can top that no one else is playing that right there lets you know that anything can win and I've been promoting that for a long long time that any deck can win this is why you know I don't promote the idea of net decking this is why I don't net deck right this is why I don't you know see a deck out there and be like oh I want to play that deck I might be inspired by a deck I'll be like oh I like what that deck's trying to do. You know, it's trying to play a certain card, but it's it's not playing it at the most optimal way. Or, like, it's just a tech card, but it could be the deck's main strategy. So then I'll build a deck that, you know, heavily focuses on that one card. It makes that one card, you know, important, right? <sighs> like, somebody, let's hypothetically, somebody, let's say somebody uses Tragedy Overground, as as a tech card but i'm like hmm but i can make it a win con right or i can make it the main the main uh, strategy of the deck 
right? So that's the kind of stuff I would do. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, let's say there's a specific ultimate that's really good. And I'll try to find a way to make a deck that can easily search it out, right? Or at least get access to the card. To the ultimate. Like, let's say Selzano. That's a good example. So Selzano, pretty much a one-card win con. So, of course, you want to make sure the deck can summon it, but also can search it. So then I'll play a deck that is pretty good at drawing, is pretty good at searching, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, has the ability to shuffle the deck, you know, that kind of thing. That way it drastically increases the chances of me getting that one copy of Selzeno. If it's not in my life, <laughs> obviously. Hopefully it's in my deck and I'm able to search or draw it, draw into it. And go from there. Um, there's some decks, some leaders um, that have the ability to draw a lot, and you can throw in other cards that can help you draw, like Unisons, and then you know create a whole entire draw engine. That's one of the things that I, I've been doing lately. It's making sure that I incorporate uh, more draw engines into my decks, so that way. I have draw power, right? <laughs> I have draw power, especially if the deck doesn't inherently have draw power or I have to meet certain conditions to get draw power. Then, of course, I'll have some generic stuff I can splash into the decks to help me get draw power. So, for example, Shinron Figure Majesty, that, that, that serves two, well, three purposes, but two main ones, which is draw one card per turn with its, uh, you know, with its effect and the ability to untap two energy. So drawing a card and untapping two energy. Uh, put that in put that in every deck, and now every deck essentially is Soul Striker, right? You get the benefits of Soul Striker. Because that's the only reason Soul Striker, the leader, is a good leader, because of its ability to, um, you know, uh, draw a card and untap two energy on the Awakened side. And that's what makes it such a big deal. Just like any other, you know, blue leader that untaps energy, what makes them powerful is the energy untapping. But any leader with that ability would be powerful. Imagine Hatchiak. Ooh, imagine if Hatchiak was uh, revamped and, was, and, and had the ability to untap energy. Oh man, that would be busted. Imagine drawing a card and untapping energy. Well, I don't have to imagine since I use Shamrock Figure Majesty in my uh, Hatchiak deck, so that solves that problem, right? So that way I can draw a card, especially if I don't awaken my leader, which in my blue deck, I don't awaken the leader, so the ability to um, use Shenron as a draw engine, using Raditz Giant Force as a draw engine, um, the leader on the front side still can, you know, I can still draw a card, I just gotta mill one bottom, uh, put one under my leader and then draw, right? So I still can draw with a leader, even if I don't awaken. So I have the potential to draw three cards a turn just with the leader, Unison, and Sharon Figure Majesty. Plus, they'll keep two energy up for Oceanus, uh, for my uh, negates, 
dirty verse or anything of that nature. Um, so that that's you know obviously being options, but that's the main thing. Is like putting things in the deck into decks that help you draw. Most of my blue unisons have draw effects, so I already had some draw power, but sometimes the draw power can be a little limiting, but the Shenron helps with that, and the ability to draw and untap, too powerful, too busted, which is why I used to use Shenron a long, long time ago, but then after a while I stopped using it, but now I'm back to using it again, um, especially when you're going up against decks that draw a lot. Have you seen any of my recent gameplays? You see a lot of my, <laughs> you see my opponents be having shit tons of cards in their hands, way more than me, but I'm still dominating them, of course. Um, but they have more cards than me, which you know gives them at least at least it gives them defensive uh, um, capabilities, right? Which is usually um, which is a problem. I don't care much for offense. I don't care if they want to attack and dump their whole hand into a single attack. You know, if, if they got it, they got it, right? But that's that's a little irrelevant. It's their ability to stop me from going for game, right? That's where a big hand size becomes a problem. Offensively, I don't care, but defensively, yeah, I do care about my opponent having a big hand size. So I definitely want to be able to find a way to bypass it or at least increase my hand size so at least I can hold my own right, be able to be, be able to stay in the game longer, defending myself, and then coming at my opponent. But the new thing I have, besides, you know, using the you know Shenron as a draw slash energy untap engine, um, so it's kind of like having Senzu Bean in every deck, um, and then of course I got the skillers you know, aggro strategy that I could put in any deck. So pretty much all my decks have uh, have aggro, uh, draw engines, right? Draw a lot of cards, a lot of draw power, and uh, what is it? I said, all right, aggro, a lot of draw power, energy manipulation. Like I'm trying to incorpor incorporate a lot of the best effects, a lot of the best, uh, you know, things, strategies, right? Whatever you want to call it into all my decks, right? Of course we have floodgates, right? Floodgate, board wipe, gotta have those two. Gotta have floodgates and have board wipes in your decks. I've been doing that for a long time. It's like, especially if you're playing competitively, you definitely need to have that life gain or rejuvenate, as it's called. Um, definitely, you know, stuff you wanna look into. Definitely wanna make it work, make it viable. Um, there is some way of you know, being able to rejuvenate in red, um, you know, consistently. So I might do that someday where I'll put together a red rejuvenate strategy. Um, but right now the easiest rejuvenate strategy is the blue rejuvenate strategy, which, you know, I'm already splashing a lot of different blue decks. Since I mainly play blue and black, but I do also play red, so having a red rejuvenate strategy is obviously something I want to put together and then put it out there for those who want to try it out. Of course, rejuvenate and Boma will be busted.
<laughs> but that is literally my job. My existence as a card game player is to find, figure out, and exploit, and, and share OP busted ideas. Um, so yeah, Red Rejuvenate, look forward to that. Um, especially in Boma. I mean, I already do, you know, burn with Boma, you know, Boma burn. We all know I've been doing that for a long while. And then we had Danny. Danny has been topping with, uh, you know, Boma burn. What was interesting was when it originally was pointed out that he was playing Boma Mill. Um, and, and he was, it's just that there was a small element of burn, like in his side deck at least. Um, so he was able to swap out from mill to burn. So he had more than one uh, way of winning. And of course he could win in time just by having more life than his opponent. But uh, I like the idea of like the mill. I'm like, mm, that sounds cool. Boma mill. You know, you know, cause Boma, Boma burn is obviously old. <laughs> You know, so of course a lot of people would have caught on to that already. Um, but then being able to go back and be like, all right, I want to, you know, with some of the newer toys. Um, for example, there's a new uh, Shenron two-drop unison. And we, you know, there's the old three-drop Shenron unison. Um, um, so now we have a new Shenron unison. It's a two-drop and, and it's a blocker. And then it has the ability to gain a marker and block. So that's pretty nice. So that's definitely something that would be useful to play with um, in Boma. So, so it has potential. So definitely we'll be looking into trying that out in Boma. But definitely would like to be able to do Rejuvenate. Um, let's see. Let's see, what else, what else? Um, but like it is, you know, like my, my format, my standard, basically, right? You know, is always to try to make every color viable, every color playable. So that way, you know, I just, if I feel like playing yellow, I can play yellow. If I feel like playing green, I'll play green, right? Every color is good. I always hate hearing people trying to say a certain color is bad. It's like, no, the color is not bad. It's the players that are. Players are not trying to make these colors good. They're just either A, expecting the color to be good um, because an archetype came out and it makes that color good. You know, so it's like, oh, look, this is a good green deck. Green is good again or some shit like that. Or finally green is good. And it's like, uh, green always been good. It's just people don't don't use green like that. But the irony is green has been hit multiple times, which lets you know that green always was good. It's just people don't respect it. It's funny, when green is, is dominating and, and topping tournaments, people are complaining that green is good, right? And they, and they want something to be done about it, done about green. So then green gets hit, so that way it's less popular, less, you know, quote-unquote good. So then people stop playing green, start playing other colors. But then immediately be like, oh yeah, green is terrible. It's like, it's just a weird concept of trying, of, out of all the colors, <laughs> it's funny that green 
get shitted on. It's like green is bad, green is bad, green is terrible. Green does nothing. It's like green does a lot, and green does something really, really strong, really, really busted. It's the anti-draw, right? The anti-card advantage color. It's a color that tries to beat your opponent's hand. So that way you don't have to, right? It tries to beat your opponent's hand. So that way you have a fighting chance of being able to go for the for the killing blow. So I'm a fan of green, you know, and what it can do, even if I don't play green a lot, but I am a fan of it. You know, the good old cell, cell days, right? Cell chain days. And now we got new cell support. So I got a new cell deck. I have, I have that put together. So I got the nice busted cell deck. I can drop my points hand size down to three. Overrealm, drop the hand size down to two. Attack, play a super combo for my hand. Android 18, you know, Bionic Blitz, right? Knock another card out upon his hand, and GG, right? That kind of stuff. So, it's definitely viable. Surprisingly, not many people are trying to at least use my version of Cell which is more consistent in the, you know, derping your opponent's hand and going for game strategy. And it's a little, you know, it's a little more aggro than the original, than the, you know, st structure deck version that everybody else likes to play. And it's funny, people were playing it for a while, but it seems like there's less people playing it. Less, not that no one's playing it, it's just less. But anyway, like I was saying earlier, you know, um, I'm always up involving, improving my meta, my play style, my format, whatever you want to call it, my way of playing the game. Um, the irony is, you know, focusing on trying to, to you know, master the art of uh, combo-less or no-combo combat, right? No-combo gameplay. But then they create Zen, the Zenkai series, and it highly encourages the idea of comboing. So... And there's some really good cards, you know, in you know that would be nice to have access to. And I've been wanting a extra deck, you know, concept, you know, to be added to the game, so that way you can have extra cards on the side that are generic. That whenever you need them, you could access them, especially if it's going to be stuff like board wipes, right? Uh, maybe a floodgate. That'd be kind of cool to have, like, well cool in one way but bad in another way right <laughs> cool in one way um um uh, i was thinking like like a like a floodgate like a like a topo right play a topo from your z deck by using z energy like that'd be busted and i was also wondering if if i can use z energy to play to play cards in general or it's only for z cards only z cards I can use the energy for it. Pretty sure it probably is just for Z cards, but it'd be cool if I can use it for anything. Cause then comboing so you can ramp, mm, that'd be busted. But more likely that's why, you know, there's a high possibility that you cannot use Z energy for anything other than Z cards. It's only for paying the cost of Z. Um, but man, it'd be bust if I could use it as ramp. Uh, 
being able to drop trash over the ground on turn three be busted, right? <laughs> like, be able to set it up like, ah, combo, ba ba ba, combo, combo, ramp, ramp, ramp. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, these are the kind of things that I think about. Like, it's like, how can I improve, right? How can I make things stronger when it comes to my decks? You know, so definitely trying to improve my decks, make sure that they all can do almost the same thing. That's the funny thing, I made a you know, video about it before that all decks are the same, you know. Obviously, all decks are, are pretty much the same. Every aggro deck is an aggro deck, every control deck is a control deck, every mill deck is a mill deck, right? It's just different ways of doing the same thing, right? Different strokes for different folks, as they say, right? Or the same stroke for different folks. <laughs> you know, whatever works, works. But, yeah, I'd definitely be thinking about um, what, you know, I can add to a deck to make it a little bit better, especially against certain matchups. Since I don't side deck, you know, everything that I play has to be main deck. So I have to build the deck to be optimal premium right the best final form type shit you know you can't be trying you can't be trying to tag in other decks or strategies or, you know and i always try to make sure that inherently generically whatever i use in my decks serve multiple purposes like for example shenron figure majesty with the ability to draw a card with it, and then some of my unisons, even my leader drawing cards, that helps me with a hand control, right? That's anti-hand control right there inherently because of drawing cards. So I don't have to worry about, you know, my opponent um, hurting my hands with that. Um, the fact that I play a combo-less strategy where I try to combo a lot less, I, I try to not combo as much, when I play, so that way, uh, you know, I, I will have a lot of cards in my hands. So if my opponent was to try to hand control me, you know, at least I won't be losing twice as much. Like, I wouldn't be in a scenario where I combo a card from my hand, then my opponent plays a card effect that rips the card out of my hands. Like, damn, I just lost two cards. I'd rather lose one card from their card effect than to lose two cards because I comboed and they activated a card effect. Like for example, uh, not a good idea when your opponent attacks with the Rats leader, and right, which means you rip a card from your hand and then combo to try to stop the attack. It's gonna cause you to rip another card from your hand. So that type of scenario, um, I, I would just let my opponent rip the card out of my hand, right? Take the damage so I can replace the card that I just lost. Uh, with, you know, a card from my life. And then, you know, draw for my turn, charge, you know, the usual. And then hopefully my leader has the ability to draw a card so I can, uh, you know, swing, draw, uh, play unison that has the ability to draw and go from there. So, you know, try to counter and mitigate the anti-draw, right? The anti-card advantage aspect of green by drawing a whole bunch of cards. <laughs> so that's the kind of mindset that I try to have. Um, playing cards that have the ability to draw. Uh, obviously, play things that have uh, 20k power and above, 30k power and above, obviously 40k above, 
ideally. Um, dual attack, double strike. I mentioned this stuff before. Um, the ability to attack more than once that helps you, you know, get through the negates. Um, you know, being able to do more than one damage with a single attack. You know, like having double strike on something that has a dual attack is always good. That's potential for damage, or at least a minimum of two damage. Um, you want stuff that sticks on board, like unisons, which is why I play a lot of unisons. Because uh, you always want to make sure you have a unison, and you can use the unison, and the unison's putting in the work. Um, and sometimes you just need something for energy, and unisons tend to be good charge targets. Good dedicated charge targets. Um, even though I tried to combo, you know, very very little, I still will, will incorporate some some form of combo power, some something that I can use as combo power, like the four star ball, uh, Goku Adventure Begins engine, right? Or um, use some type of card that can boost my leader. You know, so I can try to out combo some attacks or play floodgate negates. So I don't have to combo at all. Use blockers. So I don't have to combo at all. Right? Just deadly defenders. Just always trying to redirect attacks away from my leader reduces the, the you know the need for me to combo defensively. Um, the other thing is try not to combo offensively. Only combo defensively. That way, you know, it reduces how much you have to combo if you're not comboing when you attack and when you're defending. Just only when you defend. Um, you know, it's, it's all the stuff that I, you know, been sharing over the years. Um, you know, culminating together into, you know, a way of fight, a way of, you know, playing the game. You know, my style of playing the game based off of my experience, based off of, you know, my trial and error, right? Me testing out different concepts and strategies. Playing fast, playing slow, playing aggro, play defense, play control, play mill, play burn, you know, I mean, like, play hand control, like, trying different things and seeing what tends to work out the best. Um, ironically, I don't play hand control as much just because there is a lot of draw power in the game, and some people have been making a habit of trying to find ways to defend themselves against hand control that it makes it almost pointless to play hand control. Um, I lean more towards hand destruction, which is get rid of their hand all in one shot as opposed to try to pick at their hand. Because hand control is just picking at their hand, trying to control their hand, when I'd rather just rip their hand apart and make it where they don't have a hand. Especially when, I'm, when I want to go for game. Um, doing stuff like looking at my opponent's hands, setting up my opponent to burn themselves through card effects that says when your opponent plays a counter skill, burn them, or they play a battle card, burn them, or something of that nature. You know, obviously we're waiting for more cards like that. <laughs> uh, imagine if they made a counter-counter that, uh, that, for red, right, that doesn't actually counter the card. It just lets you play it in response to them playing, you know, a counter card, like a counter player counter as uh, uh, a, a counter attack and the only effect is to burn your opponent that'd be cool that'd be, be kind of cool I would, like to, I would like to see that I would like to 
try that out. That'd be fun. You know, my opponent tries to drop gasoline chunks on me. I'll be like, take this, uh, burn you for one for doing that. You know, that kind of stuff. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I mean, obviously the closest thing I have so far is Goku Eye for an Eye and Broly Counter Reversal. Those are like the two two main battle cards that have that ability. I would like a couple more cards to have that effect. I would like to see that effect more often. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely a fan of that effect. Um, let's see. Obviously, I'm, I'm always going to be a fan of any card that burns, especially if it burns more than one damage. That's always um, good. That's why I like the fireball strategy, where I can pump a lot of energy into that and then go boom. That's why it's like, man, if I can use the Z energy to play other cards, or at least the skill of, of cards, like, like, that'd be busted. Like, if I can use the Z energy for the effect of a card, mm, 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 mm. that'd be delicious. We'll, we'll see what the rulings say, but man, that'd be nice. I would love to be able to use that, the Z energy strategy in Boma, so I can just get that extra extra energy to be like bang bring you bring you for six woohoo um let's see what else uh, not not much you know i always try to make the game simple i'm um, not complicated so that way i don't have to because i try to make the game not like chess other people like to try to make the game sound like chess make it sound complicated and hard and only the you know, the elite players can, you know, can play the game and blah, 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 and all that nonsense. It's like, no, the game is simple. Simple, straightforward. It's like tic-tac-toe. Right? You just need to make sure that you understand the game well enough to know that... I'm talking about the game, not the meta, not what, what, what people are... What decks people are playing, what cards people are playing, you know. No, the game itself, like, understanding... The basic principles the first four damage the easiest next two require a little effort the last two is the hardest type stuff and understand that since it's not that hard to do four or more damage in the first couple of turns of the game if you can keep your life points high you'll win in time or you find a way to burn your opponent for game or uh, reduce your opponent's hand size and then go for game that would be harder for them to you know obviously out combo your attack because you could avoid negates, obviously, by playing dual, uh, things that have dual attack that can attack more than once. You know, there are some unisons that can attack, uh, you know, that do have triple attack. So look for look for that. Look for unisons and any card that, that has uh, triple attack. Ideally, you want, a, if it's a battle card, you want it to, for it to have a deflect, um, obviously, to avoid gasoline trunks and anything similar to that. Um, but definitely you want it to have at least triple attack. Let's let's take it up a notch instead of dual attack, triple attack. And there's a unison, there's a red unison that you can that, that becomes a 20k triple attacker. And that's the Golden Frieza and Android 17 uh, tag team, whatever uh, unison. That's a decent unison you can use. They can attack uh, three times. And all you have to do is like you know, try to give it double strike or if you could give it triple strike right 
So that's something I definitely be looking for. That's another thing. It'd be nice to uh, definitely waiting for Bandai to create a way of giving something triple strike, um, like a unison, obviously, right? So I can exploit the triple attack ability of some of the some unisons. Uh, there's some unisons that can they can become 30k double strike and have dual attack. So look into that. So the ability to attack more than once with a 30k base power and double strike obviously it's busted and it's a unison so it's immune to you know counter free counter plays um, and then the fact that it attacks twice or three times helps you bypass um, some negates so that way you can try to get your attack to go through and try to go for game so obviously look for stuff like that and what else? What else did I try to do? Um, obviously, you always keep your defense up. You know, you wanna, you don't wanna take damage turn one and turn two. At least, don't take damage turn one. Um, it's okay if you take damage turn two because after that, once you're on turn three and above, it'd be easier to protect your life. So you'll take way less damage especially if you're using floodgate negates you'll be good um, turn three and up so keep your life life points high make sure you you, you knock your opponent's life down obviously already mentioned rejuvenate earlier obviously try to incorporate some of that because <clears throat> you know the more life you have, the more turns you have to play the game. So the longer you last, the longer chance, the more chances you have to potentially win. So do whatever you can to stay in the game longer, right? Rejuvenate, uh, floodgate, uh, uh, pizza gate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, mill your opponents, burn your opponents. You know, slow your opponent down as much as possible. Uh, try to have cards that have multiple uses, so, you know, for different situations. Uh, you know, whether you side deck or not, it's irrelevant. I don't side deck, but if you side deck, obviously, that's extra benefit for you. But definitely make sure that everything you use has more than one use, more than one purpose, preferably more than one effect. So that way you can, you know, that we have multiple options. The more options, the better, right? And then you want to uh, um, oh yeah um, you definitely want these effects to take a while to resolve if you know what I mean right so that way not only do they do cool stuff and help you in certain problematic situations or help you get you know some card advantage they help you manipulate time right like hit hit transcending time right you want to you want to be able to manipulate time especially if you're playing competitively you want to be able to manipulate time and use time to your advantage and you know win in time because you got more life than your opponent because you rejuvenated and it took a while to do so it took a while to finish your turn type stuff or you know or you know 
you dealt a lot of damage to your opponent, and then you activate a whole bunch of effects that, you know, require you to draw, shuffle, search, play, activate this effect, which activates that effect, do this to that. If your opponent tries to counterplay, that's good. That's just one extra thing, one extra step, another action you have to you have to resolve, and just you know, do as much as you can, and you know, and then just you know, play right, play the game, and see what happens. And that's the end of the podcast.